0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street Maidstone. bluebutterfly.co.uk Kent
1: Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, October the 21st, and our top story today is going to be on COVID, which is very much dominating the headlines again, as NHS bosses call for Plan B to be implemented. That's the mandatory wearing of face masks and working from home where possible. The government have said that's not necessary, though, despite cases rising, something that's been described as willfully negligent. Well, today, the rules on booking coronavirus booster chaps are to change as ministers are under huge pressure to speed up the rollout. NHS England's updating its website, so anyone who's eligible can book even without an invitation. Dr Julian Spinks is a GP in Stroud, and he was on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night to speak about the very latest situation. As far as he's concerned,
2: well, in general practice, we are absolutely heaving. I've never known it so busy. Uh, we've got a very rapid rise in demand for telephone calls, you name it, really. And I think it's because people are catching up from what's happened before. Uh, people are very nervous. They, they're worried about cancer that might be missed and so on. They want to be seen. My colleagues in hospital, whether it's in AE or elsewhere, also very, very busy. And remember, every time we fill a bed with somebody with COVID, we can't put someone in who needs other treatment. So that lengthens waiting times. So, you know, when you're protecting the NHS, what you're doing is protecting people from suffering illness health. We know that over 90% of admissions to hospital are in people who've not been vaccinated so getting that first uh, pair of vaccinations is really important Um, and for the first uh, few months after that you're going to get very very good cover particularly with the the Pfizer vaccine which is the main one we're using. Um, Things like uh, getting the booster is also very important. I liken this to when you're at school and you do revision before you have your exams at the end. It actually teaches your immune system or reminds it what it needs to be looking out for. And you get very high antibody levels afterwards. The other things, we have got help belt and braces. So I think we get masks and social distancing, washing your hands, all the things we said right at the beginning remain really important as a way of protecting from catching from other people and also if you're unlucky enough to have it asymptomatically you're not going to pass it on to others
0: we will of course keep you updated on this situation don't forget you can hear updates throughout bulletins as well on our sister radio station kmfm kent online news other top stories today and after all of that heavy rain that you might have heard last night a landslip has closed a railway line in kent trains have been unable to run between dartford and gravesend after about 30 tons of wet mud fell onto the tracks Ferries at Dover have also been delayed because of bad weather in the Channel and several flood alerts are in force across the county as well. The weather warning that was in force yesterday has been lifted and there are none forecasts right now, which is the good news. A man who ran over his neighbour in a dispute over access to land has been found guilty of attempted murder. Charles Wood left his victim in hospital for four months after it happened in March last year and had tried to claim he had no memory of the day. The 59-year-old from Rye Road in Sandhurst is due to be sentenced in December. A woman's gone on trial accused of stabbing another woman in an alley in Canterbury. The 20-year-old's brother and then-boyfriend have also been charged over the attack in Brymore Road in February 2019. A court's heard how she threatened to kill the victim on Facebook. They've all pleaded not guilty and are expected to claim self-defence. Two men found with £750,000 in drug money have been jailed following an investigation by police in Kent. The cash was found inside supermarket bags for life when officers raided a flat in Kensington in London. They also seized more than 100 wraps of cocaine. The pair have been locked up for a total of more than six years. Kent commuters have been given the green light to sue Southeastern and Southwestern for overcharging and not advertising cheap boundary fares. The rail franchises could be forced to pay back around £93 million in damages to millions of customers. A competition appeal tribunal has ruled claims can now proceed to trial. Kent test results are out today. Good luck if you're receiving that all-important email. It determines which children can apply for a place at a grammar school in the county for next September. Now, figures given to the Kent Online podcast show just over 16,000 children sat the exam this year. Around 8,000 have passed and there are 5,500 grammar places available. Peter Reid is a former head teacher in the county and an education advisor, I've been speaking to him about this year's results.
1: Over half of Kent's children will have taken the Kent test. And out of that, about half of them, slightly less, will have passed. So, yes, there's disappointment for half of them. But a lot of children will go through the appeal process. So more will be offered places through the appeal process. They've got nearly two weeks before they have to make their first decisions, which are which schools are going to apply for. And and if they've passed the Kent test, then they're eligible to apply for a grammar school. If they haven't passed the Kent test, but wish to still apply for a grammar school place, then they must put it on their form And then on 1st of March, when they're turned down, they then have the right to appeal for a place.
0: It's, as you say, a huge decision for parents to have to make. Um, Interviews we've done in the past about this is the message has been very much make sure that you're choosing a school that's going to suit your child, because not all children will do particularly well in a grammar. They might not do particularly well in another type of school. Is that kind of the advice that you would give?
1: In my experience, If a child is qualified for grammar, they will usually, mainly, succeed through at least a GCSE. Very few, except at one or two grammar schools that are what I would call hothouses, very few actually can't cope because grammar schools on the whole, are very supportive of their children.
0: Now, I know the Kent test is is hugely divisive. I mean, there are some people that would like to just get rid of it altogether. I mean, do you, do you see that ever happening? Or do you think Kent has had this system for such a long time now it's, it's bound to continue?
1: I don't see it happening, to be honest. I'm a victim being a teacher in a local authority that changed from comprehensive to great, uh, Grammar schools to comprehensive schools. And I caught the first intake. And I came up with the slogan um, reorganisation without full funding is chaos for a generation of children. And I still believe that. Now, I don't see that we're ever going to be able anymore to fund a complete comprehensive change. And in passing, of course where there are comprehensive schools, more children go to private schools. So you get selection by money rather than selection by whatever ability is ability.
0: Do you think it's got more difficult for parents to, to choose the right school? Because there are so many different sorts of schools these days. Yep. It's not that you're yeah. guaranteed to go to your local school, is it? And, and d- children, I should think, have a big say as to whether they want to do um, the Kent yeah. test or not. I mean, back in the day, I, I didn't have a choice. We just did it and you either passed or you didn't pass. But mm. um, yeah. you can choose now whether to do it. But do you, do you think the whole system has become a bit more complicated, a bit more mind boggling for parents?
3: Absolutely,
1: yes. It's one of the reasons I set up my own business, which I now basically retired from, advising families through this process. And I did as much advising families who were looking at non-selective schools. But the big problem, or one of the big problems, is every single town in Kent has a very different scenario. You must make sure you, you, you make your choices to give you the best chance of a school that you want. If you simply put down in Maidstone, for example, the four most popular non-selective schools and you miss out on all four, and you finish up at a school that you don't want.
0: School applications have to be made by November the 1st. Places will be offered next March. And tonight's episode of The Lowdown on our Facebook Live is going to be focusing on the Kent Test and the whole grammar system. You can watch and have your say by posting a comment or asking a question of the panel of experts when the programme's on from six. The Kent Online podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. A Faversham school has denied its using military tactics following a visit from a man known as Britain's strictest head teacher. We spoke about this actually on a previous podcast that you can go back and listen to. Abbey School have introduced new rules, which parents claim is leaving pupils upset and anxious. Bosses say the more structured environment is aiming to improve behaviour and insist anyone struggling will get support. Legislation that makes it illegal to sleep rough could be scrapped following pressure from a Kent MP. Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch has criticised the 200-year-old Vagrancy Act and described it as Dickensian. The Prime Minister's confirmed they're looking at getting rid of the law while stepping up efforts to tackle homelessness. A four-month-old foal that suffered horrific burns in a suspected arson attack near West Kingsdown has died. A really sad update on this story. Phoenix has been looked after at a horse sanctuary since his stable caught a light in Ash in August – but passed away following an operation as part of his treatment. Another pony died in the blaze. Yesterday, police arrested a 30-year-old man on suspicion of arson. He's been released on bail. A YouTuber has been escorted out of Bluewater by police after filming himself playing music on Facebook Live. At Kent Online, you can see a video of DJ Suet going around the shopping centre with mobile decks. Officers say they were called to reports of antisocial behaviour. Now, the parents of a little boy from kent who was abused by his birth mum and dad have spoken about how adopting him has changed their lives tony hudgel from kings hill features in a new book released to mark national adoption week he was just four months old when he was initially fostered by paula and her husband mark she said it was a very easy decision. I've been speaking to her for the podcast.
4: We were actually Tony's foster carers originally. We um, had fostered uh, another little boy before that had gone on to adoption, um, and mine and my husband's aim was to help lots of children. Um, but Tony came into our lives. Uh, he'd had such a, a terrible start to life, uh, totally unimaginable, um, and he was broken, shut down very withdrawn um, when we first met him but over the months he started to thrive and was just such a happy little boy and started to reach milestones that everybody never thought he would make Um, and when he was um, coming up for adoption uh, we had a family discussion and um, we decided that we wanted to adopt Tony. We didn't want him to remain in the care system. Um, he'd done so well with us. And um, he was just part of our family, really, from day one, even coming to our, into our lives as a foster child. I read the blog that
0: you'd written and the comment that, I know it wasn't said horribly, but someone who was doing an assessment of Tony basically said who on earth would want to take on Tony, because of all of the issues. And I know you said they weren't saying that in a horrible way, but your response to that was immediate, wasn't it? Tell us what you said.
4: Yeah. um, As with every child that um, goes up for adoption, they have to have a full medical assessment of all their needs and everything so that they can be matched to the perfect family um, that's able to look after all those needs that they're going to have throughout their life. Um, so Tony had this medical with um, a community pediatrician that I knew very, very well. Um, and, y- y- you know, it, none of this was meant in, in any harm at all. Uh, but she, where there was so much that was wrong with Tony, um, her words were, Who on earth is going to want to adopt this little boy? And I just filled with emotion. And straight away without even thinking, and said, I would. Um, and that actually changed it completely. I came home, spoke to Mark, um, and that then the very next day we put our letter into social services saying that we wished to adopt him. I mean, we knew all his additional needs, what, you know, we were able to cope with that. We knew that we could give him the best that we, you know, possibly could. And you said he's
0: always initially felt part of your family from the from the moment you first brought him home. So I'm guessing there wasn't too much thought that had to that had to go into it and as you say you really didn't want him to go back into the the care system where there was a chance of him having to spend time with lots of different people
4: and never being settled I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um he really did fit into our family very well from day one. Um we've got Older children as well, who were also his respite carers, and we were also attached to him. He's a very charismatic character, very bright, very vibrant. It's um, very infectious, um, and he had that literally from. I wouldn't say from day one because, again, there were it, he was very shut down. But within those weeks, you could actually see this very mischievous crafty little character coming through and you know we we just all adored him and th- it, there was no option uh, other than to to adopt him he was already part of our family and you know we couldn't couldn't bear to be without him um, he knows he's special he knows he's adopted um, and he's proud to be adopted you know, he will tell people, oh, I'm adopted, you know, and he, he likes the fact that he's the special one. He's the chosen one out of all the family. And he quite often winds his siblings up saying, well, I was the chosen one. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he, he's a, a brilliant character.
0: And how important was it from your point of view to make sure that Tony, from a very young age, knew his story and knew that you had adopted him? Because some parents might feel a bit awkward about those conversations?
4: Yeah I mean obviously every circumstance is totally different Um, Tony's circumstances uh, are very visual that he has differences to other children and you know that that there was always going to be lots of questions Um, so right from day one we decided that we would be very very open age-appropriate as to his life story. Um, Life story with adopted children is extremely important. It's their identity, it's where they you know come from and it's the the journey that they're going to be on Um, so yeah it was always and it still is always at the forefront of our minds that he he knows his story
0: Bravely Being Me is being sold to help raise money for Adoption UK.
1: Kent Online reports
0: A giant puppet of a child refugee will be in Canterbury this evening after travelling thousands of miles through Europe. Little Amal arrived in Folkestone on Tuesday and was greeted by actor Jude Law. She visited Dover yesterday in a bid to end negative attitudes towards asylum seekers. The three metre tall puppet will be accompanied by 350 schoolchildren in a procession from Canterbury Cathedral to the University. Renovation work's going to be carried out at a nature reserve between Whitstable and Faversham. The RSPB's been given permission to install more islands, fences, gates, crossing points and livestock pens at the sea salter level's marshlands. It's hoped it'll help boost biodiversity and might eventually lead to public access as visitors aren't currently allowed in. And Maidstone is the latest town to get its own version of Monopoly. Famous landmarks including Archbishop's Palace, the Hazlitt Theatre and moat park feature on the board Leeds castle is on the most expensive square and the game is now available to buy
3: in shops we've been along to the launch i'm councillor Faye Gooch. i am the mayor of maidstone the town is excited i am excited i just cannot believe that from all those years ago when i used to play the original monopoly with the red houses or you know the hotels and and now we've got pictures of Maidstone on the board. Our high spots, our wonderful parks, our stations, and our wonderful buildings. We've got the Archbishop's Palace, we've got the museum. It's fantastic, and I'm so excited. Not only that, just in time for Christmas, so we can all buy our families one. I've been encouraging everybody to go into Maidstone Town Centre go to smith's go to the other fantastic toy shops that we've got there we've got ryman's waterstones they will be selling the monopoly board i'm rather hoping actually that i'll be visiting some of those shops with mr monopoly but We're just thinking about that. We're just cooking something up. But this is so exciting for Maidstone. We're very proud that Monopoly has come to Maidstone. Um, And did you have
0: lots of suggestions for the public from places that they wanted to see? There were
3: lots of suggestions. And I think some of them were funny. Some of them were a bit naughty. Um, But yeah, and it was a really difficult job to choose which ones to choose. Because Maidstone's got so much to offer. We've got so many wonderful places. but somehow that decision was made and we're delighted with the final decisions and of course our charities, Heart of Kent Hospice came top of the really I was going to say top of the pile but that doesn't sound so good but you know what I mean Heart of Kent Hospice the goat sanctuary oh buttercups who could not have the goat sanctuary and involve wonderful organisation so yeah we're really really pleased the whole thing's a fantastic success I think we ought to be really proud of ourselves the amount of work that went into putting this together I'm absolutely amazed and I think everybody deserves a gold star and their own copy of the Monopoly board because it's been a huge success. But what a brilliant initiative. I've yet to find out who actually did the first, had the first idea, you know, we could do this, we could do that, because it was a brilliant initiative, and I'm very proud that we're part of it. And finally, at Kent Online today, you can see incredibly
0: adorable pictures and video of a rare snow leopard cub that's been born at a wildlife park near Ashford. He arrived at the Big Cat Sanctuary in Smarden last month, and staff say he's healthy and growing well. A competition's going to be held to choose his name. Thanks ever so much for listening. That's all for today. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the IM News app, and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street,
2: Maidstone, bluebutterfly.co.uk.